0: Welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat. I'll be bringing you up to speed on all of the leagues happening around the world this evening. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best playtory predictions and opinion. And hello to everyone who is in the live chat. Yes, for those of you that don't know, Hash Rugby Chat goes live at 8pm every Tuesday uh, New Zealand time. So if you're listening to the podcast or watching the replay, you can join us live and put comments in the live chat. Uh, for me, uh, and yeah, if there are questions and things, obviously um, I'll answer them. Just please keep them to about rugby. So um, let's kick off and do a quick roundup, uh, go around the uh, the leagues um, to show you what's been going on. First up, we have um, hi John. Ah, oh, John O'Connor. I think he's expecting to join. He didn't reply. John, you didn't reply to my um phone, my my, my text. I didn't know if you were going to be joining me, but it looks um. Like you are, so I'll dial you in. So, Will, once. Um, good evening, John. How are you doing, sir?
1: Okay, and yourself, mate.
0: Good, thank you. Um, the uh, sorry, I didn't realize you were you, you were going to be available. So, um, but great of you to join us. Thank you. Just gonna, I thought we'd just pop around first. The. Um, uh, the, the the leagues, as to what's been going on. The uh, For those who want to know about, um, not Major Rugby, I've gone blank, the my 10 Cup and the Farah Palmer Cup, then check out the show. Last night, we're down to the last round coming up before the finals um, in that competition. And uh, we did a show last night all about that one. This coming weekend, by the way, if you're up in Fongare, there will be a doubleheader, Farrah Palmer Cup, uh, Championship Quarterfinal, followed by the Mighty 10 Cup. And myself and Stephen Harris will be up at, that, at those two games. Do say hi if you're up there. But straight away, let's go on to the Guinness Pro 14. That has, uh, We're two rounds in now. And you can see the effects of the Rugby World Cup already. Um, teams like Osprey, Zebrae, Glasgow, who are heavily impacted by... Uh, players off at the Rugby World Cup have lost both their games whereas teams like the Cheaters who I don't think have anybody at the Rugby World Cup with South Africa have won two um, have a points difference of 71 already over two games Um, wow running these competitions during the Rugby World Cup does add a bit of um, a bit of uh, what's the word I'm looking for a bit of guesswork about it um Teams like Leinster and Munster are used to fighting on two fronts. Obviously, um, with the European Champions Cup, they're doing well um, as mm-hmm. well. They've both won their games. Um, and teams and the Southern Kings. Well, I'm not sure how much help you can give them because they've still lost both their games as well.
1: Yeah, and they they don't have anybody that's been called up to the Springboks. So no. So yeah, all told, yeah, all told, um, a bit of a problem child is uh, the Southern Kings.
0: Absolutely. Um, so there you go. So yeah, say so that it's it's kind of your usual suspects in Leinster, Munster, doing well. Edinburgh, Scarlets also doing pretty well, um, and the Cheaters. Uh, if you remember, Scarlets did very well two, four years ago, joined the Rugby World Cup as well. Over on the top, the um, top fourteen, they are six rounds in already. That's just crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um,
1: and if there's ever if there's ever a reason. You know, if anybody asks why we should have a united season in the world when it comes to rugby, you can just look at what's happening at the moment. That the French Pro Fourteen is six rounds in, and we're coming up for the last group matches of the World Cup. It's absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yep. Um, sorry, I was just trying to move us around to get out the way of the table. Leon um, top of the table with six wins. at or. or um, uh, at the moment, five points clear of Bordeaux. I, Clermont's doing pretty well, up in fourth. But teams like Toulouse and Racing ninety two mm. down in tenth mm. and thirteenth. Racing ninety two in tenth and Toulouse in thirteenth tells you um, kind of how much the Rugby World Cup impacts this tournament. Um, and which is why the, the Guinness Premiership is doing its Premiership Cup, which is their development tournament during this time, mm-hmm. um, and makes a, yeah makes a lot of sense. Um, and then you got to look at teams like Powell up in sixth. They'll be thinking, fantastic. We're normally just above the relegation zone. And, hey, we're in the top half of the table. This is good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes. The NRC is one round away from its finals. Um, the force, unsurprisingly enough, who have had their players all together top the table. mm mm-hmm. um, with uh, Canberra Vikings, New, New South Wales Country Eagles and Queensland Country currently in those playoff positions. The Fiji, Drua and Brisbane City are one point out with this one one more round to go. So most of the teams in with a shout apart from Sydney, um, mm-hmm. who have only had one win this season.
1: By the way, excuse me because I didn't catch your 5-10 right. update uh, yesterday. But do you see anybody stopping Tasman?
0: No. Put bluntly, <laughs> um, they have just been yeah. T- Tasman have just have, have been fantastic. Um, I can't see anyone beating in the premiership. So Tasman, yeah Tasman uh, will. Tasman and Wellington are probably going to get the home semi-finals, mm-hmm. and then Tasman will have a home final and, and should win it um, at last. Uh, the um, they went close a few years ago but lost to Taranaki. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah so. It'll be uh, it'll be good to get one of the one of the sort of because in Canterbury um, have won something like ten out of the last twelve mm-hmm. with Taranaki and Auckland uh, getting one each. So it'll be good to have one of the uh, yeah one of the smaller uh, provinces to pick up a, a title.
1: Who is their coach?
0: Good question.
1: I oh, only asked the best, mate. mate. <laughs>
0: Um, I've forgotten who their coaches. To be honest,
1: I'm sure one of our avid listeners and watchers will send in the answer shortly.
0: Yes, give us a quick uh, do, do a quick Google search, folks, please. Um, and then in the championship, you've got Hawks Bay and Bay of Plenty, mm-hmm. who are one and two. Uh, mm-hmm. Hawks Bay have got to beat Tasman this weekend to hold on to that top place. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see whether they do or not. Uh, and yes, between the two of them, uh, I, I can't see the other sides, Manawatu, Otago or uh, Charanaki, uh, causing those two sides any trouble. So it's gonna, that, that, that'll be a good final, though, between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final point, I guess, is that uh, Counties Manukau have been relegated from the Premiership to the Championship and are already looking for a new head coach for next season. Um, so anyone who fancies being a coach of, of a uh, My10Cup side, you can just go on to Seek and uh, you can find the, uh, the job being advertised there.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> what could be easier than handling the uh, players and the union? Um, that is Kanti's Manaka. I mean, really.
0: Exactly. right, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. Um
1: and any in fact let's just be honest anything to do with um with the greater Auckland region when it comes to rugby is just an absolute headache.
0: I mean that's dealing with yeah I mean, that's the they aren't part of the blues they're part of the chiefs. Um uh to be fair so that, so it's, so it is a bit different. Um they is 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 there is is uh, is their area but they are short on cash. There's no two ways about it. Uh-huh. Um that uh, that cash is a problem there. Um, they have a lot of volunteers who'd help out on game day. We're talking about a professional sort of club here or professional outfit, having to use volunteers um, to help with media and other things. Uh, and that's n- not sustainable for for, for, for for this level of competition, really.
1: Yeah. No wonder um, they're being relegated.
0: So, yep. Yeah. Um. So that's the the NRC coming to a close. So let's move on to what we're what we're really going to talk about for the meter today is essentially the rugby. World
1: something Cup. else been going on in rugby?
0: Yes, exactly. The big thing.
1: Have we had have we had some other tournament competition? I don't know. It's,
0: it's and it it's it, it's great. Okay, look, um, it, it's it's the biggest opportunity for as creators to, to make a splash and to build an audience and all of that kind of thing. Um, but it is also absolutely knackering. Um, I've been running on fumes for the past few days. I and mean, Yesterday, during the my 10 Cup game, I was getting mixed up between games. Uh, my, 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 my head was dribbling out my ears. I've got another friend, um, Cornflake, um, Steve. Uh, he's lost his voice from doing so many shows. Um, mm-hmm. And I know other creators who have been sick because they've just been trying to do too much um, mm-hmm. during this time, and it is very, um, very, very difficult. But, Jack, you're right. We're almost at the quarterfinal stage, and then things do start to get easier. There's only games at weekends. We're not up till 2 o'clock in the morning during the mid- <laughs> during midweek. Right. So I thought we should catch up on the games that we missed, that, 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 sorry, not that we missed, that have happened since um, last Wednesday. There's quite a few of them, so we don't have to go into them in depth but just sort of pull out the key points. Last Wednesday, we had France beating the USA um, 33-9. Mm-hmm. I guess my only point here, I guess my thought from here is that, yeah, that the USA would be disappointing in this tournament. I was hoping for so much more out of them.
1: Yeah, uh, but let's be let's be realistic here. They do not have a large number of their players that are playing regular rugby at a high level, right? And the same goes with Canada. So although they have major league rugby and although they are improving, um, and if you think about it, once upon a time to lose by only 24 points to France would have been considered quite an achievement by them. As long as they don't have a core of their team that is not playing at that very high level, this is what you're going to see is – they either have to lift their whole competition or they have to bite the bullet and realize they need to farm out some of their players to the top leagues. It's the same principle as they are facing in their football and that is uh, if they want to do well or reach knockout runs at a soccer World Cup they need to have players that are playing regularly in the top leagues so that they're exposed to the speed of play that they're going to be exposed to.
0: And to be fair to, to be fair to the USA, they do try and get their players into top leagues. Um, they don't only select from Major League Rugby or anything like that. Uh, it's just because the, uh, the I mean, all, all the leagues in Europe have got a cap on number of foreign players. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason you see so many Pacific Islanders there is that Pacific Islanders don't actually um, count towards that foreign pool. Um, no, I
1: wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> i wonder
0: now, now there's, two, there's, there's 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 two views right there's the there's there's the view that you're about to tell us that they about to, but then there's also the other side of it is look it's they don't have the opportunity of earning a living at home playing this playing playing yeah, this yeah. sport so yeah
1: no no i i don't begrudge the players right and we shouldn't begrudge players who have an ability we to play we you know um good on them for providing for their families and for their future. But the two-facedness of uh, that kind of principle where Pacific Islanders don't count towards the foreign quota, but players from New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia who have strong voting rights within the IRB, no, we'll count your players, right? Um, well except I mean, a lot but, yeah, of those players have but got be that, be that as it may we, we never hold it against the players themselves you can't yeah. I mean this is a, this is a profession right
0: exactly so I mean uh, um, I guess and the only sort, sort of thoughts from the French point of view is that apparently the player's captain isn't isn't currently the coach's captain and the captain and the coaches have fallen out which is cool. just such typical France
1: in the um, middle of a tournament
0: in the middle of a tournament, exactly. Um, the biggest... <laughs> the biggest tournament in the world, yes, that they were involved in, and they can't, uh, and, and they've fallen out. So who knows what we're going to see from France going forwards, um, as, as, as I say, it looks like... They'll yeah.
1: probably make it to the, to the semi-final or something, like, in the midst of all this turmoil, will. They'll, you know... Yep. Beware of... Whoever, whoever has to play them, beware. They'll probably just pitch up and turn on the magic and go, how do they do this? And they'll just... But it's the French. It is the French.
0: So, um, good luck Wales in the quarterfinals. Is all I can say. Um, moving on, then we had Canada beating, sorry, New Zealand beating Canada sixty-three nil. Um, I don't think we learnt anything from that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, well done, New Zealand. Got the try bonus point as expected. Mm-hmm. The next one I think was. Maybe a bit of, bit of a surprise, uh, Georgia 10, Fiji 45. That was... Oh,
1: it was It was glorious to watch, right? And um, you watch Fiji play, you watch the, the sheer exuberance with which they play, and you go, how good would rugby be if Fiji had a level playing field? Because let's face it, that that's a small group of islands, and we've said this before. There are more people of Pacific Island descent living in South Auckland, that's the county's Manukau region, than there are in the entire Pacific. So the population of Fiji is small, and yet they produce the more credible athletes. And I think, in fact, I know it was Nick Mallet who said that genetically the uh, Fijians are the most gifted, genetically to play rugby group of people in the world, right? And you just look at those athletes, and you look at their skills, and you look at their ability, and you know if if the Fijian rugby union had the same, well, this the world there's lots of ifs in the world, mm. but you just know that we as rugby fans, and I'm not necessarily saying fans. Of our particular team, I'm talking people who love the game, how blessed we would be if they had the same opportunities and the same resources, because they add so much to this game. They bring so much to this game. And to see the contrast between the styles of Georgia and Fiji was just wonderful, right? Um, And it does show you, I mean, Georgia has some serious athletes and some serious specimens, But it shows you that rugby is at its best and is at its most successful, so far as winning is concerned, when it is played with a focus on moving the ball into space by people who have the skills to move it into
0: space, and that's what um, rugby is all about. Rugby is about finding the space at the end of the day. People say it's a collision sport or, or or whatever. But no, it's when played properly, it's about finding the space, um, exactly. and um, which is uh, kind of interesting. And one of the things that, um, that 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 I that I found that interesting was that basketball was invented as something for rugby players to do during the off season, um, and was a training way of of. of and the, actually, the, bar, the guy who invented basketball um, uh, was, act- was actually a uh, was it was, about, it was about rugby, and so a, a lot of the. Movement and finding space that you find in basketball becomes relevant to rugby um, wow
1: did not know that
0: so uh, and it's why when they actually when when they're talking about which players uh, of crossover players everyone immediately thinks of NFL but actually mm-hmm. in reality it's the the NBA players um, who who are some of the some of the best some of the got the best sort of basic skills not basic mm-hmm. or, or baseline of skills for, for rugby mm-hmm. um so yeah, so that's uh, that one. Um, yeah, and Ollie Brown says yeah, good to see the Fiji scrum um, as well. And yeah, if you're going to play Georgia, you've got to hold up. You've got to at least be uh, yes. at least try and hold up your scrum because that's otherwise mm. that's where they where they go. And that's what they did against Namibia. And I'm not sure if we've actually probably got that game coming up. Ireland versus Russia, thirty-five nil. By the way, just oh, just
1: just a final comment that by the end of that match against Georgia, it was. Um, it was as if the Fijians had reached their hand into that Georgian team's heart and just removed it and ripped the heart right out of them because they were scrumming the Georgian scrum by the end, right? And I know not all of that has to do completely with scrumming. It has to do with heart and, and just seeing the game disappearing into the distance. But they really did a number on that Georgian team. And I think probably... For the future of Georgian rugby, it's my, it's hard to stomach when um, when you see your team taken to the cleaners like that. But for the future of Georgian rugby, best thing that could have happened to them, it's it's something that Argentina faced up to, that they couldn't uh, expect to win playing the kind of conservative, keeping the score down rugby that they used to, yep. right? And and that led to them eviscerating. Ireland in the, in the last World Cup in the quarterfinals by just running running the ball magnificently. So I think probably the best possible outcome in the long term for Georgian rugby is to realise if they want to be a, a, a serious player in the rugby world stage, they need to look at moving the ball into space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the And one of the things that A a video that I'm going to be doing for my supporters, not this week but next week, we'll be looking at ways that I think the playing field between Tier One and Tier Two cat could be um, evened out in in a way that isn't just pure money. So, uh, if you want to become a supporter of the channel, there's a link down below, DriveMore.com forward slash Patreon, where I'll be say where you can get access to those videos. Um, Next up, Ireland Russia, thirty five nil. Pretty much what we were. Kind of expecting um, Sexton was back in this game from memory, uh, so I think that's probably be the, the the big plus for for Ireland because they are going to need him when it mm. comes to the the quarterfinals. And he and his only other appearance before this, he was clearly injured and not and not playing well. Any other comments on this one? I don't, I don't think that's pretty much. Yeah, I think I think it's.
1: I mean, there's a lot of focus on Conor Murray, and he is important. But I think that they are a very different team when Sexton is playing, because although his kicking is great and his when I say kicking, both out of hand and full poles is great, um, his ability to control the game and to bring his outside backs into the game, um, and including that very dangerous winger who has such a good strike rate. Uh, what's his name? I'm struggling. So w- yes, uh, that one, and. Uh, <laughs> The, yes, he he brings a whole different element to their attack.
0: Yeah, he does, and and it's it's not as bad as it used to be, um, but in in the, the drop off between yes. him and the next level, but the drop off between him um, and the next level compared to the drop off between Murray and the next level is so much greater. It's not that necessarily you could you could argue that they're both equally good players. Obviously, from different positions between Murray and Sexton, but it's it, it's it's the difference between them and the next player that comes yes. on. That's that's a big thing. Ollie Brown um, uh, credits the uh, the Russian defence, and I think that's one of the things we've seen from teams like Russia and Namibia. Is uh, yeah, the hearts um, and the structures have improved, and the way they uh, and yeah, defensively they are much better teams and harder to break down uh, mm. than they used to be. Yes. Um, and Kudos has to go to World Rugby on the coaching um, for, for, the, for that side of things. And the, the yeah, the, the when they say they've put X million into the tier two nations over the last four years, it's been coaching. It's not been paying players, um, mm. and that's where the money goes. And that's what we're seeing uh, is, is 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 why we're seeing the difference in the levels of um, of the scores.
1: Yeah, there've been a couple of players that have stood out to me from among these tier two nations and. In- the number eight for Georgia, mm-hmm. young man. Yep. Um, uh, Gorgotsi. not the not. The, not
0: Gorgotsa, but Gorgatsi. Yep.
1: Golgotsi, <laughs> not not Gorgonzola or or Godzilla. Oh, that yeah, Godzilla. Gorgotsa.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, um, the, the young guy is a really good player. Yep. Um, the uh, halfback for Namibia, they played against the All Blacks. Uh, young youngster. Yep. Really good. It really deserves a, a place in one of the, the major competitions like Super Rugby. Currently plays for Borland in the Curry Cup in South Africa. Uh, yeah, there have been a couple of players that have really stood out as being, you know, real finds from these uh, smaller nations.
0: Um, yeah, Oli Bras, is interesting to say 1 and tier 2 is out now. Athletes, yeah, it's not entirely that um, part of it. I mean, there is, there is an element... Um, uh Shota Hori, I think, is the player that uh, is that is that, um, that um, Alex has mentioned. Is that the the, the the scrum half? The winger.
1: That's the no. The, um, no, I am talking about the scrum half for Namibia.
0: Okay, that, that must be the um, someone else. And that's oh, that, that's the no, hooker Shotauri for hooker It's the, the
1: wing isn't Shota Hori the wing for Japan?
0: Uh, the hooker for Japan.
1: The hooker for Japan. That's right. Okay. Also,
0: um, really good player. So yeah, Oli Bansi, the real difference between Tier One and Tier Two is out and out athletes. It's not just Noel. Some of that, but also, uh, it's the amount of rugby they play at a high level, um, and therefore they're getting used to the pace and the time. If you watch someone come up from uh, have their debut, um, at Super Rugby after playing, say, might 10, um, and you ask them what's what was the difference, it's time, yeah, they just don't have the time to make the decision, so hold the decision making sort of things. Um, the
1: just to to reply to Oli as well is that, um, you, it it's really unfair. I think you almost need to take um, the All Blacks mm-hmm. and move them out. And possibly, possibly the Springboks and move them out, but definitely the All Blacks, because the All Blacks have sprinkled throughout the team these incredible game breakers. Whereas most other teams in the competition have two or three, or maybe even one, uh, absolutely scintillating players, like maybe Stuart Hogg for Scotland, right? Um, or yeah, there's a couple in England, like Itoji, right? Great athletes. But the rest of them play, as you say, at that high level, mm-hmm. week after week. They're playing in, in good competitions, just uh, that's the uh, the the competitions below international level. And then the, those players also get to play regular text matches. Yeah. So they are. That was the going to make
0: Yeah.
1: And then they are used to playing at that sort of speed and intensity. And they're used to coming up against the um, absolutely top tier athletes. But
0: right? also, they're used to playing with each other, right? With Whereas each other. Exactly. A lot of these exactly. Georgian teams or, or your Russians or et cetera, um, if they only get five games a year together, with mm-hmm. that coach, with those systems, that's five games, whereas New Zealand get 14. Um, yes. New Zealand, England, South Africa, Ireland, they all have training camps in the middle of the season as well, which yes. the if you think that uh, the World Rugby Regulation says you only have to give up the players two weeks before an international. Mm-hmm. So, the, um, so, for, so that means basically they have about four weeks 2 weeks in June or um, before the June tests which will be July next year and 2 weeks before the November tests they have 4 weeks a year with the players um, and yeah. they only get five or six games whereas yeah you're the whereas you someone like Eddie Jones and Steve Hansen they will have something closer to like 2 months or 3 yeah. months with the actual players plus those games so that's the big that, that's also a big difference um, as well
1: yeah, it's good. it's huge Remember, just remember, back in the old days of amateurism, the rules were, if you were the home test team, your team was only allowed to assemble on the Monday before a test. That was it.
0: Wow. The
1: the touring team would have an advantage because they would have assembled before they left their home country and they would have had some practices and the tour and some warm-up games and then led into a, the first test of the series. But the home team, the first time they would gather would be the Monday before the
0: test. Wow, there we go. Um, So, yeah, and it's moved on from then massively, clearly, as as, 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 as we've sort of pointed out. Now then, South Africa 49, Italy 3. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the score that everyone was talking about. It was the idiotic tackle by um, uh, by two Italian props. Um, from I, look, Wayne Barnes went through the talked it through and did, did everything properly. From what I understand, is you can only blame one person for an action. Hence, why only one of the players got a red card at the time. The fact they both got cited is correct, um, and the fact they've both been bl- both been banned, uh, obviously, is correct as well. Uh, both got three weeks each. Now, that's the sort of same level as the uh, the American player who did the high tackle, the two Samoan players, um, Reese Hodge with the high tackles. So, it's kind of consistent with. Something happened with the head. You get three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one was a little bit kind of. Uh, I mean, that's been illegal forever. Mm. <laughs> I mean, there's Remember no.
1: Twenty eleven. Warburton, Sam Warburton. Yep. Right, and we, you and I, were watching that game together. And um, and I made the comments. Um, it's not just about Warburton's red card, but in the intervening eight years since that semi-final, as hard as it was for Wales, right? And I, I, I really do believe that he wasn't intentionally malicious, Warburton, right? But it's not just about that moment and it's not about intent. It's about all the other rugby players from the highest level all the way down to uh, under nines, right, or under sevens or under sixes, whatever it might be, that are playing rugby, all the players that were saved potentially serious injury right up to death by the fact that Warburton got a red card so you're absolutely right it's 8 years ago that a red card was given out in a semi-final of a world cup right and
0: um, but, but that, that was also a i mean that, that was a tackle while the game was on this was after yep, the right. whistle was blown and wasn't even yeah and it was all yeah um, the um, yeah so, uh, but yeah I, I, three weeks feels a bit lenient but I'm not um, I'm not totally anti I, I'm not I'm not throwing my toys out the pram about it. Um, mm-hmm. Peace. Now we'll jump no, to this now it's... because everyone's comparing it. Right
1: uh, and uh, just hang on a second. Sorry, on. I get the, the the problem that we have here and I know you don't want to to linger on. On referees, and I know that's, that really gets your goat because it steals from the enjoyment of the rugby. But the problem that we are facing in this World Cup is the inconsistency. And we know in the first weekend there were a whole lot of problems. And then note that rugby, uh, I, the international rugby came out and said there was, they weren't happy with what the decisions were made. But the, it is the level of inconsistency that we're talking about here. So Reese Hodge um, committed a bad tackle. The result was very bad for Fiji, right? And yep. that they lost their most impactful player. I'm not saying the result would have changed, but um, they, certainly, um, they certainly lost the most impactful player up until that moment in both sides. right? Yep. Um, but what he did was clumsy but brave. So he'd already been treated like a speed bump at least three times before that and yep. he threw himself in front of the player with terrible tackle technique but he bravely sort of, he just sort of flung himself in front of the player right? Uh, in a desperation attempt right? Yep. and that's different from after the whistle two guys picking somebody up turning them over and dropping them on the head there, yep. there is a difference and the, you are absolutely right that the one gets three weeks for clumsiness mm-hmm. for, clu- for brave clumsiness or clumsy bravery
0: Right?
1: Yep. It was still wrong. It, don't do that. Right? Versus what is very clearly out and Right? Um, and the fact that those two get the same doesn't sit well. And then you have, at the other end of the scale, you have Joe Moody, who nobody seems to be talking about. Right? Who dropped his shoulder and went into the back of Malcolm Marx's head and neck going like this, right? And not only no penalty, no card, no sighting. And so it is this level of, um, how can we say, it's this inconsistency that drives the fans' bananas, right? And and that's where we need to get some the, level the, of The consistency.
0: inconsistency that people are, are talking about at the moment is the Lavanini one, which is where I was going to go next, actually. So I was going to okay, continue awesome. talking about <laughs> um, about, uh, about about discipline. Yeah, so Lavanini, high tackle on Owen Farrell uh, and gets a red card for it. Now, yeah. there are people doing um, comparisons to the Piers Francis one and taking screenshots and saying, hey, look, they look exactly the same. A couple of things here. Things aren't judged on screenshots, things are judged as a, a motion, so you, you can't take two screenshots and say things look exactly the same. Um, By
1: the way just to support what you're saying, notice how the referees, when they're before they card somebody, they talk about are there any mitigating circumstances leading up? So, what happened before this the screenshot is taken is very important. Is the player dropping? Yep, right? Is the ta- player who gets tackled is he falling? Right? Not. So, not
0: is he fallen. Yeah, is it not? Yeah, yeah, not not. What's the position? Not not what's purely the position of contact. Yeah, how is he moving before contact? Yeah. Um, um, Now, the whether you like it or not, the decision there was that that the the player that Piers Francis was tackling was was falling, um, and that's what caused it. Now, you may disagree with that um, with with that uh, decision, but that was the decision. Um, Whereas the decision for, for was that that Farrell hadn't started. Uh, he just braced himself. He hadn't actually started dropping. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So, that, so that so there, there isn't necessarily that inconsistency there. Um, Lavanini then went and got four weeks, which is more than somebody who deliberately picks one up and drops them on the head. Now, what you've also got to remember then is when they make the decision around the punishment, it's yes. not purely on what happened, but it's also on yeah. your rap sheet. Lavenini's yes. rap sheet is as long as my arm," he said. Yes. "He's the second most carded player in international rugby ever. He's the yes. e- equal is an equal most red carded player in international rugby ever, and he's still yes. got a forty four percent reduction in his crime for good behaviour. Now yes. he didn't get the full fifty. <laughs> How he got yes. forty four, I don't know. But anyone I who's... he
1: shouldn't have got any reduction. No for He's, he's recidivist. He's a repeat offender. Yep, right and and you hit the nail on the head and I'll go so, you know this is not to um, To to blow my own trumpet here But it's to point out the accuracy of what you were saying is you and I were watching this with my son. Yep, and It wasn't five minutes before it was probably about three minutes before the, that uh, tackle I, I pointed Lavanini out to my son and what did I say to him? He's, said, that's,
0: he's, he's a card waiting to happen, yeah.
1: Yes, I said, that's the head case there. Hmm. That guy is an absolute head case, right? And three minutes later, red card, right? So, the fa- and I'm not an Argentine supporter, although I, I do enjoy Argentine rugby and I, I wish the absolute best for them. Um, but if I could know that... And he has this kind of rap sheet. I don't think the guy should have got any reduction because he's not learning, Yep. right? That just now in the NFL, they've banned somebody for the rest of the season, right? It's going to cost the, the player millions of dollars, a player by the name of Vontaze Perfect. But he's a repeat event, offender. And they reach the stage, and, and turns out they called him in, and they said, if you do this again, you're gone. And he's gone four games in, bad tackle, head down, hit somebody in the head, gone for 12 games, right? And it's cost millions of dollars. You shouldn't have got any reduction at all because you're not going to get him to stop doing what you've done before. Yep. And he cost Argentina, he cost them dearly.
0: Hmm. Oh, absolutely. It
1: was the game was over at that yep. point.
0: Yep, it was. But let's be clear here, folks. It's not World Rugby's fault. It's not the referee's fault. It's the player's fault that that game was over exactly. there. Um, and we shouldn't, and, and so hence, and, and we need to keep the full red card deterrent to try and stop these rather than letting the player be replaced after 10 minutes just so we have a game to watch. No, no, no. Yeah. We need to, um, we, we, need, we, need, we need the proper deterrent around these sort of things. So yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the red card is, is, is right. So, but, so, so it doesn't but, surprise but, me that Lavanini got this, more than those other two players. Um, yes. I think he should have got more, he should have been at the full six. And yes. three sounds low for them as well, because, as you say, comparing that to Hodge um, or the or, or the Samoan ones, where it's it's clumsy, it's not deliberate, it's drawing play to something that's deliberate after the whistle has gone, yes. um, yeah, is is, a, is 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 very different. So, um, so yeah, so that's that. I think we've probably covered off.
1: Okay. Can I just say to, to the people who are watching, is remember that number one, the number one function of the referee is, this, is to ensure the safety of the players. Hmm. The ref cannot protect Owen Farrell after he's been hit in the head. Obviously, it's occurred already. The point is protecting the players after that occurs by letting everybody know without questioning what is going to happen if they do that again right yep so and and it's more than that it's not only the players in the in the rest of the 60 minutes that might be left of that game so that they know hey if i do that and i hit somebody in the head this is what's going to happen to me it's not only there it's all the rugby players around the world that will play in the match the, the next weekend Yep. from as we said about warburton's tip tackle right where from the very lowest to the very highest level, they know that that is unacceptable. And it's about saving all the people that receive tackles that are being tackled the next weekend and the coming weeks and months. So that's, they are being saved by seeing that and potential tacklers go, oh, I better get down, mm. right? And the third thing that it does is there are mothers who are watching those games. And the mother see somebody hit like that and get a red card. It's a reassurance to them that it's unacceptable. That happens, and the person doesn't get a red card, and they think, I'm not having my son play this game.
0: Mothers and fathers, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I guess you not. Know you know what I'm saying? Not, yeah, no, exactly.
0: You, you, yeah. you
1: know, that's why when Sonny Bull Williams, who I'm a huge supporter of, when he got his red card against the Lions, I felt relieved. My sons were playing rugby, and I thought to myself, at least I know if my son is being wrapped up by another player, hmm. and somebody comes in, that player knows what happened to Sonny Bill. Yep. And my son is unlikely to get a shoulder into his jaw, right, while his hands are wrapped up like this. Okay? So it's not simply about that particular act. It's the rest. And the safety of the players is more important. Not just Remember, it's not just the players in that game. Yep. The
0: safety the of players players are all players is more important the, than, yeah, than, than the watching not public.
1: Than yeah. what we're watching. Right. So, oh, um, by the way, <laughs> sorry. Go on. Can we talk about the commentator in that uh, Argentina England game? At least the coverage that we got.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah, go on.
1: Freddie Stevenson, right? Yep. I will just point out to to the uh, the listeners: there were two things that he did that are just the red card incident. We have the full feed from the referee, and Barnes stands there and he goes through it step by step. He looks, he discusses. He says, "Okay, this is what I see." Argentina had a penalty. Advantage. Sorry, it, it wasn't
0: it wasn't sorry, Wayne sorry, Barnes. Sorry,
1: sorry, wrong, the wrong game. Wrong does, game. Does, sorry, does, South Africa, the South Africa Italy game. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, Af- yeah, yeah, sorry, I got my games mixed up. So he says, "Sorry." So this is a Scotty Stevens. So the, the two players pick um, uh, Dwayne Vermeulen up, dump him mm-hmm. on his head. Now Wayne Barnes is running through what he sees, right? Yep. With the CMO and he's got the touch judges standing there. And he looks, he says, okay, I've seen it. This is what is it. There was a advantage to playing advantage to Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne Vermeulen then wins the ball from an onside position, wins it legally. So advantage is over. There's no advantage. I blow the whistle, right? And yep. then after the whistle, the two players pick him up, drop him on his head. Yep. Yeah, takes it out. Yes, we agree. Takes out. Gives the red card.
0: Oh, yeah. I know you're yeah. going with some. Yep.
1: The, the camera pans back and Scotty Stevenson says, look, I understand how the Italians would be frustrated because Dwayne Vermeulen stole the ball in an offside position. It was a, It was a professional foul that he did there. So I can understand their frustration, but there's no excuse for that behavior. We're sitting watching and I'm going, did you not hear the ref? Right. So that was number one. That's just like not, at the moment, critique in, I mean, if he was to pay attention to anything in that game, what came out of the referee's mouth about a potential, what looked like a red card before he even gave it, is the thing that you, the commentator, should pay attention to, right? Yep. And then the other one was in the second half when Makazola Mapimpi scored a try and he burst the last tackle. And no. as he takes off and he's 10 meters out from the line, there's nobody's there and he's going in for the try. And Scotty Stevenson shouts, your arm! And then he realizes he's got the wrong player. He goes, Lucanio arm! Um! Ran the wonderful dummy line, making it possible for Makazola, Mapimpi <laughs> to score under the poles.
0: And that wasn't even on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. No, that's...
1: The Kanye arm had been substituted. He was sitting on the bench when my pimpy scored. <laughs> and I just like, oh my <sighs> gosh, anybody can make a mistake. Anybody can make a mistake. But when you try and cover it up in the middle of a broadcast
0: well, okay. by
1: saying somebody did something and that person's on the bench, I just... Oh my word.
0: Now we, we anyway. got but we, we, we got a taste as to why he was trying to cover up straight after that game as the bomb squad circled up and uh, a one of the other players who wasn't part of the bomb squad which is the bomb squad for South Africa is the um, is the bench um, because they come on to defuse situations uh, who it wasn't part of the squad got excluded from that hug because he wasn't part of the bomb squad um, and there also it was also in reference to another player who was out of shot who had been selected for the first time and wasn't part of the bomb squad for the first time so they huddled up deliberately to disallow the player out of shot from the huddle because he wasn't part of the bomb squad yeah. one of the the other player in shot happened to be a player of colour and all the bomb squad happened to be players of white and he notices what was going on so he walked away from it uh, and that's caused an absolute uproar in South social Africa media. Um, in social yeah. media now they've come out and explained it um, including
1: that player of colour explained it and said oh, it's nothing. Yeah. this is what was happening yeah
0: now, I watched it and went, okay, what's happening here is something in a team squad where uh, there's where, where you do have times where you, you have jokes with players and, and, and jokes with other people, just like in any group of friends. but the problem was the optics were bad
1: um,
0: yes. and it was yeah it, it was it was unfortunate um, the uh, and now it's been explained, so that was the other talking point from here, so look guys, it doesn't matter what you do at some point, race is going to get included uh, on social media about the South Africa team and that's really just, that's just disappointing, unfortunately.
1: Well, I think what happened is when it comes to the, the um and my pimpy issue with uh, Stevenson, I think he panicked. So as he was calling the wrong black player, player's name, as another player crossed the line, he suddenly saw in his mind the fact that he had confused two black players with each other, right? Which, He could potentially be pointed out for that whole thing of they all look the same to the white people, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I to say, you you can understand why he was trying to cover up, but I'm just saying, yeah, people people make mistakes, just live with it. Yeah.
1: Just live with it, right? And he he panicked, ah, and then he tried to cover it up. But the thing is, as always, when you lie to cover up something, the hole just gets deeper. Yeah. And so to wind up um, coming up with something about, Somebody was sitting on the bench over there. Anyway, he looked like a right pork chop for the second time in
0: that game. Yeah, um, uh, the uh, people are saying that. Um, yeah, that it's refreshing to have a new commentary team. It is, except Stephen Donald is awful. Um, <laughs> that's my. Anyway, that's a personal opinion. Anyway, um, running uh, so Australia beat Uruguay forty-five ten. Same stories we had from other games where Uruguay defended well initially and then it ran away from them as they got tired mm-hmm. England Argentina we've kind of talked about I think England have so far done everything they needed to mm-hmm. um, got all the points we haven't necessarily seen the attacking cutting attacking uh, intent mm-hmm. that they'll need later in the tournament but then again they've not needed it yet mm-hmm. so so we'll see um
1: but do they'll they might need it this weekend against France
0: they might need this weekend against France, yes we um, so the um oh it's very true Alex yes I had low expectations of beaver so it wasn't so bad for me yes beaver is awful um, <laughs> um, and Loffy who says I mistake people all the time people make people overreacting yeah no absolutely we're, we're talking about how he tried to cover up not the fact that he actually mistook people that was the um uh, that yeah was, was 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 kind of get we expect people to to mistake people it's I would going have to happen
1: I would have just laughed off if he'd gone. Yep. You can't um, Oh, I'm sorry. That's Macazola, my, my pimpy. Yes, right. I would have laughed. Uh-huh, that's quite fine, right? It's the cover-up that we're laughing at. And yep. by and by, the way, so far as Beaver is concerned, I don't blame Beaver at all, because how much commentating has Beaver actually done?
0: Right. But he's I mean, he's he's in there to be the insightful expert, and yes, but
1: but this is a skill right?
0: Yep. Commentating
1: is a skill. The best ones in the world didn't start off as the best ones in the world, right? They've been working at it, and they've had reps, just like the best rugby players in the world, when they first started playing rugby, didn't run on the field and know what to do. It takes practice, and it takes development, and Beaver's been thrown into the biggest tournament in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Almost as a beginner, so I don't blame him at
0: all. He shouldn't have been Selector, he you should, shouldn't yeah they should have found someone else who's got experience put bluntly
1: you got experience
0: um uh japan beats samoa um 38-19 i think we all expected that and i think what's um i was going to come on to it later but we'll quickly talk about it now eight teams have um been uh, have qualified already for the 2023 rugby world cup those are mm-hmm. Japan, Ireland, New Zealand, South Africa, Italy, England, France, and Australia. Mm-hmm. The fact that no one has mentioned this that Japan have automatically qualified for the next tournament, the first time they ever automatically qualified was for this tournament, and they've gone and done it as again. Sorry?
1: And they qualified as the host.
0: Did well they? no, yeah, but they they they, they 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 also qualified as host, but they also came third in their group third. in yes. in twenty fifteen, which is the that's first one they ever done that. That's They've already secured that with another with a game to go, and no one's talking about it because we expect them to, and that just shows you the rise we've we've seen from them. No one expected them to be top three last in twenty eleven in twenty fifteen, sorry, and yet now we expect them to automatically qualify. So, and that's the rise of Japan is fantastic.
1: It's fantastic. Yeah, and the sooner they get into one of the top yearly competitions, the better.
0: Yep, agreed. So, um, uh, someone says, yeah, uh, uh, I live in Australia. I'm so glad Fox Sports doesn't have the rights to commentate anything but Wallabies games. No, no. The Fox Sports have the right to put any any commentary they like over the, um, for Australia. They only pay for it for Australian ones and decide to use the world feed for all the others because it's cheaper. I think you'll find, Ollie, that's why. <laughs> um, it's about cost. It's not about uh, having the rights to. Um yeah, we all miss Bill McLaren. He was fantastic as a as a commentator. Um, the thirteen,
1: 13 stone. <laughs> everything, everything was in stone.
0: Of course, it is. I, I still think in stone, not in kg's. Um, the, the New Zealand uh, beat Namibia um, again. Namibia, spirited defence early on, and then just succumbed. Mm-hmm. Um, France Tonga. Oh, i stayed up for this one thinking you know what there's an opportunity an upset here but and it was the um you think so
1: well how close was the score
0: 23 um well actually 23 21 yeah you're right It was very close um but so yeah france so france have been showing in spits and sparts that they're really good the problem is mm. they can't put together more than a half more than 40 minutes of rugby um, which is going to be their downfall going forwards, I think. Um, one of the points, I guess. Uh, so yeah, so the other three teams that we, or four teams, we expect to get through are Scotland, Argentina, Wales, and Fiji over the next few days. The reason Wales um, and Scotland haven't automatically got it yet—they've only played two games each, not three like everybody else. Um, this is kind of an FYI for people, I will be I'm talking about France twenty twenty three. I'll be doing a video tomorrow looking at which countries that haven't hosted the Rugby World Cup so far could host the Rugby World Cup in future. Right. Um, so if you want to get that, become a supporter down below, patreon.com forward slash driving more. Um, we need to look forward to get some games now. In a few hours, because it's we've got South Africa versus Canada. It's <laughs> that's not the hardest one to predict. It's going to be a big score by South Africa. Um, we've already talked about Canada's shortcomings. Um, um, Jack, we'll get on to Japan, uh, whether they'll top the group when we talk about the last game, because they are the last one. Um, Argentina, USA. I picked this one out pre-tournament as being a possible upset, because Argentina are coming off the back of playing England four days ago. Um, mm. But the USA have just given me nothing to believe they can do it, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Scotland, Russia. That will see Scotland come third in the group, at least, and get the automatic qualification for um, for for twenty twenty three. And Wales, Fiji. Wales will win that one as well. <gasps> okay, go on then. Go on, John.
1: I think. Uh huh. That could be an upset. I hmm. think that could be an upset. I know you. I let. Like I, don't know. I think that could be an upset. It, it There's a lot dependent on it, but I do think that we could see an upset there. It all depends on uh, how rested and recovered the Fijians are. Right? Um, but the way they scrummed against Georgia, the way their forwards were playing, the, the brilliance that we saw, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an upset and if they do beat Wales then uh, then the papaya is properly in the fan when it comes to who
0: goes through to the quarter finals uh, well yes that does that, that um, no I don't th- I think that Australia and um, Wales have done enough still to get through even if Wales lose that one
1: it depends on how much uh, Fiji win by if they win with a bonus point that's the, They still have a chance, right? So it all comes down to that. Anyway, be that as it may, there's there's my pick for a potential upset.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. I, well. Well, the Welsh defense is going to be just too smothering, in my opinion. Um. Australia will beat Georgia. Um. Yes. On, on the Friday, uh, New Zealand will absolutely thrash Italy. Yes. Um. And I think because I think we'll have pretty much a New Zealand first team for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with being a week out from the quarterfinals sorry
1: it's good to see Brody Ritalik back so I'm sure they'll give him another run
0: yes um, and it's, it, was, it was funny hearing people saying that Jordy was or wasn't a, uh, an option at um, at 10 <laughs> cool. um, yeah people are having different opinions there mm. um, the the uh, um, England versus France. Okay. Um, yes, France having issues around their captain who's fallen out with their coaches. Uh, but I, I, we've just not seen enough from France to put together more than a half of rugby, whereas England are putting together full full, full games of rugby. And that's going to be the yes. difference between those two. Yes. Basically, at the end of the day. Um, so France could...
1: Still, I still think that France is, a de- is very dangerous in a knockout position. Yep. And a knock. gap, okay, right. But to me, the one team that seems to have their number, uh, it, that team in the white jerseys, just seems to suck the life out of them. As much as the black jersey inspires the French, they seem to go all limp wristed when they uh, when they they come up
0: against the English. The we will um, yeah. So we'll have a look at uh, yeah. But th- that's one of the two games to watch this weekend, though. I think one of the top two games is England France. Yeah. Even though I can't see France winning it, um, they yeah. they are a dangerous team. Um, island v. Samoa um, will be a uh, yeah island win. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what state uh, Sexton's in for that one, and whether he survives it because that will that will decide how they go in the quarterfinals if they make it. Um, Namibia Canada should be um, that should be an interesting one actually. It's their final game It's their It's a rugby World Cup final um, Yes I'm expecting Namibia to beat Canada in that one Even though They're the lower Ranked team In the world standings Yes And I think That will be great For Namibia Namibian rugby To get a win hmm. um, USA, If you
1: think about Namibia went through Namibia played South Africa And then New Zealand Within the space Of less than a week Yep Right that's a hell of a demon. I mean, the South African forwards are – I think we've spoken about that they are probably the most gnarly, damaging group of forwards in the competition, right? And then after that, to be served up to the New Zealanders within less than a week of recovery, it's a hell of a – a, <laughs> it's the toughest two-game stretch that any team has had in this competition by far –
0: um, yeah, it's the the top two. Um, just having a quick look at Pool D. Now, if, if Fiji win with a bonus point, they would go on 12 points. Uh-huh. Um, now, um, Wales should beat Uruguay with a bonus point, so that should get them back above them. And Australia should beat Georgia, so that should mean that Fiji won't go through even if they do beat Wales. But it is a possibility.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, USA Tonga coming into this, you just said to- USA were the favourites of this one, but having seen them both play out this tournament, Tonga um, looked the more dangerous, um, and I'm backing Tonga to win that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Wales Uruguay we just talked about, and then the game of the weekend, Japan Scotland. Um, obviously, watch England France, watch maybe a Canada. I think that'd be good, um, and the, uh, but Japan Scotland is a game you cannot afford to miss. Yeah. Um, the bookies have take have, have I got Japan at three dollars and five cents. It's now they're now down to two dollars, um, mm-hmm. which gives you an idea as to what the bookies think. I think Scotland mm-hmm. are still favourite are still favourites from the bookies' point of view, but um, yeah, I'm I'm backing Japan at home to upset Scotland. I think so too. I do. Um, remember yeah. that whilst Scotland have rested. A th- have we actually seen a Scotland lineup yet? For I'm trying to think if we have or not for against Russia uh, on Wednesday. So yes, it has been it has been announced. Um, now I think they've basically rested everyone they can for that Russia game. But even mm-hmm. so, some of those players will have to go back to back over four days before playing Japan um, because you've only got thirty one players there. You can only rest oh. eight players out of the match day twenty three. So yeah, it's got to be. Um, uh, yeah, the, 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 that that will also have an impact on um, on Japan. So Japan will be doing everything in their power to mm. give Rush, Russia all the help they can, mentally at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, I I remember well, 1995, when Japan played New Zealand. They got beaten 145 0 and to think that they are on the verge of making it through to the quarterfinals, um, <clears throat> to think that you and I both feel that they are favorites to beat Scotland, it's a tremendous achievement. It is, and yeah. uh, it's a tremendous achievement. And uh, again, uh, kudos to Japanese rugby, kudos to the people who um, have said about developing this team and bringing about this change my only hope is that we that there's there's a tide here and my only hope is that world rugby and the various whether it's Sanzar or the the, uh, the the people who really do control world rugby which is the six home unions and france whether they actually wise up to the fact and, and make some decisions that are not in their interest but are in the best interest of the game and that we utilize this opportunity to bring Japan into the fold of international rugby on a regular basis with the top nations unlike 2007 where Argentina came third in the entire tournament and it took four years for them to be included in um, the in the what was that before that the tri-nations yep. so yeah I hope I hope people wise up let's put it that way
0: yeah, it's, we we should see Japan in the um, in in, in the, uh, the rugby championship soon, um, sooner rather than later, definitely. Uh, so yes, uh, and the um, and the negotiations for that are so it, it's in the it's in its current format definitely in twenty uh, twenty 2020, but twenty twenty one is still open for um, debate as because obviously the TV, because the TV contracts will be renewing soon.
1: And the point is not just simply about them being competitive, which I think that they can – I mean, they will get beaten far more than they'll win. That's not the point. The, uh, they they will be competitive at the beginning, at home especially. But the point is there are – I don't know how many million Japanese, how many uh, one, 1. – 1.2 billion Chinese, uh, Cambodians, Vietnamese, et cetera that whole section of the East will then have a team that they can look at that comes from their region that is competing, right? And it's about giving inspiration. The the relevance of um, Sia Kulisi being captain of South Africa, that young black boys and girls in South Africa and throughout Africa can look and see that the Springbok captain is a black man and beloved and uh, looked up to by his players. And what that does as an inspiration to think, well, if he can do it, I can do it, right? Mm. So that's the point. It's the growth of the game.
0: Yep. Which is similar to why we need to see female rugby on TV more as well, so that, so that girls can see that and go, oh, girls yep. can play rugby too. It's not just boys. I
1: agree. Um, one of my, my favourite teams to watch is the Black Ferns 7s team, mm. right? I really do, I really do uh, enjoy watching them and they're a great advert for the game. They play with great joy.
0: And they just lost to America in the first of the uh, World Series games, uh, World Series tournaments by the way, this last weekend.
1: Mm. Well, that's because Stacy Walker hasn't come back from injury yet, sorry, she's a Waikato girl. So. <laughs>
0: So that'll be one of the topics we'll be talking about on the All Blacks edition tomorrow night. It won't just be about the All Blacks. We'll also cover off on the Black Fern 7s um, as well and how they went in the USA for the opening round of the HSBC World Series. Um, Thank you very much, John, for for joining me. It has been a pleasure Uh yet again. Um, Everybody, as I've uh, said already, so they'll be coming up is tomorrow. I'll do a video looking at um, what we're doing tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow was oh yeah where, where 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 can host the rugby world cup um, you need some in the sleep future? Light. I do need some sleep. Um, then next week I'll be looking at how to even the playing field between tier one and tier two nations. They'll be on for your is only videos for my supporters. Do click down below for that. Don't forget we're back here at 8pm every Tuesday um, for the hash rugby chat. Thank you everybody and good night.